Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the big show. That'd be Big O. It's the final week of Big O's Buy Three, Get One Free sale. Hurry in and don't forget to take advantage of their pay nothing today financing options. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Ready to talk a little NBA basketball? I am ready. It's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, out to the Smart Rain special guest line we go. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. He's the one and only Sam Amick with us on the big show. Hi, Sam. Hi, guys. Let's talk uh, a little NBA final. Sam, I understand uh, you're covering the series. Give us your take from game number one. I am indeed. I'm uh, I'm in the drive to the arena right now, running a little bit late, uh, staring at the, the mountains of Arizona. Uh, game one, I mean, I thought the Bucks played pretty poorly uh, other than, you know, Giannis looked okay. And I think, honestly, it's been a little overlooked and underemphasized just how massive it is that uh, you know, we're, we're like to kind of turn a new page and and forget that they legitimately thought and, and he legitimately thought that, that he might be out for a year. They thought that ACL was torn. So, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the Bucks are feeling pretty good going into game one because, again, they have their guy, and you have to imagine he plays better in game two and is more comfortable. But the Suns have, have got this momentum. Chris Paul's playing some of the best basketball of his career you got to think he cools off at some point from the field. Um, but these are, you know, two incredible offensive games for him. You know, they, the Bucks defensively have obviously got a problem when it comes to the offensive, uh, just the, the versatility that Phoenix is bringing. Because whether it's Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and all the switches that, that lead them in a very tricky spot, you know, that's tonight where a lot of focus is going to be is, is what the Mike Budenholzer's counter move here. So, so you got the talent that you have. What can the Bucks do? Any adjustments, Sam, that you think they can make in order to, you know, actually win in Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, it's been written and said a lot over the past couple of days. But I mean, just in terms of the defensive intensity and not letting Chris Paul specifically be so comfortable. I mean, we know that he's a master at getting to his spots. But, you know, you you can essentially defend them harder, have tighter switches, and, and drop a little bit less compared to what we saw in game one. But Chris was just picking them apart. And then, you know, Devin had a good game, too. So um, I don't think, you know, the Dario Sarge loss is, is certainly unfortunate for him. 
you know, um, Frank Kaminsky's a guy that has not seen a lot of time, so, you know, maybe you, you give uh, Milwaukee a little bit of an edge with that subplot, but it's just the defensive intensity, and, and the Bucks are, you know, they weren't happy with the whistle either. I tweeted a few things about that, so they're, you know, they're an incredibly good team at, you know, not only being strong defensively, but not fouling. They led the league in the regular season, and opponent free throws attempted in, in the playoffs as well, so as always, you know, the, uh, the whistle is going to play a part, too. Sam, uh, Gordon and I were chatting about this, I think it was yesterday, um, and I'll readily admit, I, I didn't think that the Chris Paul, Devin Booker personalities were going to mesh in Phoenix, and they certainly have, or it would appear so, and their games certainly have me- meshed terrifically well. What do you think Chris Paul has done for Devin Booker? How is he better from being a teammate with Chris Paul? Yeah, I mean, I'm somewhat surprised, too, because we had just grown accustomed to Chris's teammates kind of growing parents in personality, intensity. And to steal a quote from Monty Williams that he dropped recently, he was talking about leadership, you know, and he said, it's, it's only leadership if somebody follows you. And I think that was something that Chris ran into during the end of his Clippers tenure and struggled with alongside Dan Harden during his Rockets tenure. But then Oklahoma City, he started pushing it in a positive direction. And I, I don't think it's a that a lot of his teammates and really, you know, some of the most guys on the Thunder team and, you know, these sons that were much, much younger. I think you have a more receptive audience and guys who might eventually grow tired of his intensity. Um, but – they just knew that he'd been through a lot. He could teach them a lot. And to his credit, I mean, you just hear countless stories about how he's invested off the court in his teammates and, and just, you know, trying to, to not just, you know, do his thing individually, but to make them better as a group. And we've obviously seen that bear out. So, Sam, earlier Jake and I were talking about our level of interest in this series and uh, I, I don't know, I said I'm, I'm interested in it because it's something different. Uh, Jake was somewhere in the middle, and Austin, I don't think his interest level was as high. Uh, what do you make of what, uh, what we're seeing here? Is this thrilling stuff to you? It's different, you know. I mean, I, I do enjoy the fan component. First of all, obviously nice just to have fans in the building again, uh, but... You know, I I covered all those years of Cleveland and Golden State being in the finals, and then those were great crowds too, but it reached a point where those two fan bases were spoiled beyond belief. And now you've got, with the Suns and the Bucks, you know, these these fans that are just starving for this kind of, you know, finals action. You know, the, the Bucks haven't been in the finals since 74, the Suns since 93, and you're seeing that. And just the, the the passion. I mean, it's Phoenix, uh, you know, we'll see how it is in Milwaukee. But right now, Phoenix is, you know, one of the loudest places I've ever watched a game. Uh, it's incredibly loud. And that part's fun. The basketball side, I like it too. Because Devin Booker is a guy that, that you know, was kind of lost in, in uh, relative obscurity for years. And now he's making the most of this stage. You know, Chris Paul is a very good story. Giannis. And the pressure that I think is on him um, is, is compelling. So I am digging it. And I think, you know, if anything, the one thing that does drive me crazy is at this stage, when you get to the conference finals and the finals, I'm a little, I think we talked about it last week a little bit. I'm a little more accustomed to 
to just seeing more consistent basketball and knowing that, you know, what you're going to get night in, night out from these caliber of teams. And the Bucks especially are just incredibly inconsistent. So that's a, a little pet peeve because you feel like Drew Holiday should be a good fit every single night. Chris Middleton is underrated, and, and they just, you know, it's a crapshoot in terms of which Bucks team you're going to see. Sam Amick is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sam, if the Bucks are going to stay alive in the series, how important is tonight's game? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you know, the history tells you everything you got to know. I, I heard it earlier today, and so hopefully I get it right. I think, you know, I think down 0-2, it's 89% of the time, you know, uh, you know the team up 2-0 nothing wins. Um, you know, 1-1, it's the old cliche, you know, you just got to steal one. I mean, you know, but if you don't, then you can just pull the other cliche out about a you know, series doesn't start until somebody loses on their home floor. But, you know, most of the time, 2-0 two, two is like an unofficial playoff death. Now, the Clippers bucked that trend, you know, in these playoffs. So it, it wouldn't, you know, be the end of it for the Bucks. But if they do get it tonight, you then you've got that natural momentum that comes with a, a Bucks crowd at that Pfizer Forum a few days from now that's just going to be blockers and I think that'd be a tough place for the Suns to, to win a game so uh, tonight's big and first and foremost though guys they just they got to be crossing their fingers for Giannis and to, for him to continue to be healthy and productive because uh, he's obviously everything for them I, I got to tell you, Sam, I was shocked to see him on the court. I really was. And to see him yeah. be able to move the way he did, I mean, it, it wasn't the normal Giannis. Yeah, I get that. But like you said earlier, I mean, a lot of us thought that he, he we might not see him for a long, long time. It's remarkable to me that he's even able, even able to run at all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of – maybe I'm not reading or watching enough, but it seems like it's pretty underplayed. It's like this guy was legitimately – staring at, you know, a, a really long road. And he admitted it after game one, talking about how the knee was twice the size of normal. And, and I had even asked him specifically, you know, how long did you have those fears of thinking that maybe you would be out for a year? And he said he didn't know until the next day. So he had to go to bed that night with those concerns. Those if he slept very much at all. And, and then he does, you know, round-the-clock treatment and Um, he's not himself entirely. Um, I heard the podcast today from colleague John Hollander that I thought he made a good point. Like, you know, things like you didn't see a Euro step in game one. Uh, you didn't see a lot of spin moves in the lane. <laughs> that would seemingly be concerning for a tender knee. And so, you know, I'm going to watch him closely tonight and see if he's still that limited or, you know, these two days help him. And then, regardless of the outcome, saying the way these finals are structured, you're talking about some serious downtime in between the games. And, you know, and, and so you would think he's only going to get stronger. Sorry, Jake, I, I want to follow that up. You know, do you think, Sam, that he's only human, right? And so I wonder if in those – his game is so vertical and he's so athletic. I wonder if there's a split second of – double clutching a little bit like because when you go in the air the way he's capable of doing then there's all kinds of traffic underneath you and whatnot I, I don't know no I agree in fact you know I think it's safe to assume that he was somewhat nervous about you know it's, it's the bad analogy but you're driving a car that you know it's 
you know, that it needs to get into the shop, but it still runs. You know, you're you're a little nervous. You might break down and be on the side of the road. And I think any guy, we saw it with Trey Young. Um, Chris Paul, even post-COVID, that's a little different because it's not a physical ailment. But it's it just, it's hard, especially with a knee, to um, to get back. You know, even James Harden comes out of the, the groin. Um, to get back and, and find your way right in that first game. So that's where tonight could be a shift. You know, if, if he has been doing enough work in between games to where that nervousness has gone, you know, gone away and he's feeling more like himself, that could be a game changer. Sam, tell us, uh, what's it like covering a finals from your perspective? And you've covered so many. Do you have any uh, wacky memories or anything you want to share? <laughs> Well, uh, I'm sitting next to my friend and colleague, Anthony Slater, who I, I feel like suddenly, you know, never seen more of each other. Uh, you end up running around with <laughs> friends and colleagues that, that I enjoy. Uh, you know, we're sharing Ubers, we're sharing meals, having beverages, things like that. So that part of it's always a good time. It's, it's honestly really nice to, to reconnect with people on that front. You know, last night a bunch of us got together and, and it was like a, a reunion from the bubble, like a bunch of people who – haven't seen each other since the bubble. Um, the work side, you know, we've had progress in terms of access, but it's it's definitely not the same. It's a little, if I'm being honest, like it's a little frustrating because you're so wired to do things like, all right, the press conference is over. Let me see if I can go catch Chris Paul on his way to the locker room to, to ask him a few more questions. And, and Gordon, you know this routine. And, and then, you know, then you say, you know, in a one-on-one with the athletic, you have something different to, to give the audience. Well, I mean, we can't do that right now. It's press conference only. Um, you can be as a small group that's in person. So it is nice to look people in the eye. But the, the way we do our jobs is still really, really different. And it's hard to tell unique stories when you have, you know, less avenues to get, you know, that kind of intel and, and information. I'm glad you said that, Sam, because – from a writer's standpoint, it really, you really do. We used to depend on that, you know, being able to get a little something here or there, talk to somebody, get a little information that everybody doesn't have. It is. It's a, it's a whole different thing. Do you, do you imagine that this is going to go back to the way it was, or are you afraid that it might remain this way? I'm like, you know, fairly confident it'll go back to the way it was. You know, I mean, right now, listen, the NBA can't account for the Delta variant and what's happening in the world. So, you know, it's uh, we're just going to have to be patient and see where the world's at when October rolls around. But, you know, the messaging from the league has been all the way through that they've got a real desire to have access go back to the way it was. Uh, so I, I hope that's the case. But, you know, it's uh, weird times, and you just kind of got to let it play out. How hot is it in Phoenix right now? <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty hot. Uh, I think one one fifteen. That's not about right. Oof, yeah, one fifteen. Um, but yeah, it, it is hot, and uh, it is a dry heat. Although a little bit humidity today, but we uh, thankfully we're at a decent hotel that's got you know a lot of water features and the pools and different things that can kind of cool you off even psychologically. But it's it's a, it's a bear for sure. But you're, you're not going for a run anytime soon. <laughs> I am not. No running from memory. I, 
I'm still uh, I'm still hobbling with the you know my oh, helicopter yeah. ankle. Yes, <laughs> we we're think, walking good, but no running. We think about that quite frequently, Sam, and we we don't chuckle, but we yeah, we kind of we. You don't chuckle. You laugh out loud. <laughs> you know, heartily. Yes. I just Good. wish I was there to witness it for none other reason than I would have been in Hawaii with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Flying around that way is a little different. I, you know, I don't know, Sam. Have you ever tried to fry an egg on, on a blacktop on a sidewalk? I wonder if that would really work in 115-degree heat. Well, the thing is, I don't you guys remember where I live, but the, the irony is it's not any different than home for me. We're yeah. getting about 110 in Sacramento right now, so... It's all the same, but no, I have not tried the egg on the pavement trick. Um, you know, I, I'm guessing, you know, if it was ever going to work, it would be on a day like this. Well, Sam, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy covering the game tonight, and uh, we always look forward to catching up with you. You got it. Thanks, guys. Be good. Thank you, Sam. Our friend Sam Amick from hot Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, you know, Sacramento isn't exactly, you know, you don't have – Pacific breezes blowing through. Yeah, it's, Sacramento is probably a lot more deserty, right, than San well, Francisco. It's, it's, it's agricultural, but it's it's you know it's off it's not on the coast, so it, it it can get really really hot there. I remember one time I flew into Sacramento in the winter, and the fog it was so socked in with fog that I didn't I couldn't see the ground until we were actually on it. It was weird, but. Uh, Anyway, that's good to hear from Sam. Sounds like he's doing well. 103 in Salt Lake today. Our 11th day in triple digits Ooh. this year. The record is 20. Is it? So let's see if we can't break that sucker. Do you think... Uh, <laughs> let's not. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Do you think Anthony Slater's sitting there going, what are they asking him about? Probably. he's talking about frying eggs. And <laughs> yeah, probably. Helicopter rides. And- you know... I'm sure Sam will will explain the vibe of the show when uh, when he gets off. And the Jazz used to have those long those long playoff runs. I we would see the same people year after year after year, and you get used to seeing them. And there is a, a brotherhood, a sisterhood, with uh, with the other members of the media that cover these events. And I really enjoyed that. Was one facet of it that I I really really liked. And uh, I mean, when when Sam was here, we uh, remember we went out yeah, to we lunch. Got a chance it was to good, to, yeah, it was good to see him, and uh, yeah, I can see why. Because once you get your work done, then you got some some time, and you can go, you know, go to dinner and go hang out, go do some things, and uh, yeah, that that was always I have fond memories of those things. I remember hanging out with Craig Sager, and now that he's you know gone, uh, I I those are. Those are good, good memories of meeting people like that and having an opportunity to chat with them. So, anyway. You heard what Sam said about the interest answering your question. I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the, the numbers for Game 1 television ratings-wise were not <clears throat> terrific. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, as much as we all meeting the diehards, you and I, Gordon, not the cash, <laughs> not the cash fans out there. I'm never going to live that down. As, uh, as much as we do, uh, honestly you know get tired of lebron and steph and the same old characters and the same old teams you know the the overall the cash fans the overall public you know those are the big storylines that grab eyeballs i don't care i don't care i mean i i mean 
yeah, it's if the if the if the NBA can thrive, then that's good. But I don't care whether the number the ratings are high or not. I that's somebody else's thing. I I enjoy what I enjoy, and I'm glad to I'm happy to see fresh faces involved in this process. I don't want to. I I would be no more inclined to watch if LeBron were playing, but I know that everyone's not me, so I get I get that. But from my perspective. I like something different. We've seen LeBron over and over and over again. We've seen the Warriors. We've seen, I don't know. I mean, uh, give these other outfits a try and, you know, maybe maybe people won't watch and maybe the NBA will be disappointed by that. But And I'm not even, you tease me about really liking the Suns. I really don't even like the Suns. It's not like I'm rooting for them to win. You could have fooled me. No, I don't. But uh, But they're good. So, uh, okay, I, I agree with you, you know, for the most part there, and I certainly can find interesting things about this series. But am I the only one who's annoyed that LeBron is openly rooting for the Suns? I didn't even know he was. Yeah, he's been pretty vocal about it I on see. the old Twitter machine. Yeah, I don't follow and LeBron. I, I just, you know, you're not in the series, LeBron. Let's, <laughs> he's going to make it let's his. Let's leave is you he? out of the series. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, when you're LeBron James, you are so used to having every set of eyes on you, every camera on you, every microphone there. Uh, and I, I really think it's hard for him to get to a point where he can't imagine that he owns everything. The world does not revolve in... <laughs> around him exclusively. The world revolves around LeBron, according to LeBron, because that's been his human experience. And so he just assumes that he can make it his if he comments on it. Which he does, which is why I wish he would not. (laughs) Yeah. It is a little bit been out of reality, but... That's his experience, and so that's how he acts. You'll notice when LeBron is in a game and he walks over and he sits on the bench, he assumes that everyone's watching him. He just assumes it. You could tell. You could tell from the way his demonstrative behavior. He, he just figures everyone is looking at him. Did you see him basically take over his coaching his kids' team. Yes, you know, I did. If you were actually the coach of his kids' team, wouldn't you be so annoyed? <laughs> Not that he's taking over per se, but like everything becomes about him the instant he steps yeah. into the gym to watch yeah. his kid. And Let he knows alone it. when he's jumping around and being vocal and basically snapping the clipboard from the coach and being like, <laughs> I'll take it from here, Charlie. That would be why you he should be even more restrained. You know, because okay, LeBron, everyone's looking at you. So you don't have to go out of your way to get more attention. But that's, you know. That's his responsibility. It's what he does. He's got to live up to, the, to who he is. I, I, I think it is twisted, and in some ways it's sad, but that's the way he thinks it is. He believes <laughs> that he's... The center of the universe. Now, I understand that, that Bronny is, is a really good player, and he's got a bright future, but can you imagine if he was he stunk, you know? Well, Would you like to be a coach to go up to LeBron and be like, so, LeBron, your kid is... Uh... 
<laughs> we're going to be moving him to a, a reserve role. <laughs> because I'm sure LeBron's as blind to his kids as everybody oh, sure. else, right? You uh-huh. know, uh, you know, and and again, I've seen the highlight films, and and Bronny's going to be great. But yeah. can you imagine if he had two left feet or something, or couldn't dribble or couldn't shoot? Yeah, well, Michael Have Jordan's to... kids were, you know, they were all right, but they weren't great. Did regard. they play? I don't even know. Yeah, one of them played like Division three or Did something. He? I... Uh, I bet I bet coaching Michael Jordan's kids was a challenge. I bet it was rough. Because the kid could always say, well, do you want to know how a six-time MVP wants me to play? I have a, As you know, I have a, uh, a really good buddy who's a uh, high school head basketball coach, and he says that, that often is one of his biggest challenges is not just communicating with parents, but kind of communicating reality to parents. Yeah. That's tough. So how do you but say it? Do you say it like t- this, Jake? You say... You know, your kid, good kid, good kid, not that good on the court. <laughs> well, I don't know if you'd put it that way. <laughs> How do his, you put his, it? I'm... His belief is, and, and of course you can always pick your language, right? You know, you can soften things and those, those sorts of things. But, but and I, I hope I'm not uh, betraying any confidence here, but he, he really believes in, in uh, transparency. I mean, to you know, honesty with, with the player and the parents is the best way to go, even if you ruffle some feathers and uh, along the way my buddy mm-hmm. believes because then you don't have to go back and defend anything or, or you're remember not mis- what you said yeah, you're not misleading yeah. anybody and and you know with proper communication you really can work through most situations with most people but in his experience he's seen other coaches do it and those that beat around the bush and kind of hide from it often that comes back to bite you pretty yeah. good, but but I guess it, it just it makes me laugh a little bit thinking of some poor coach going to LeBron James <laughs> to be like, um, you're, so your kid's probably the eighth or ninth guy on the team, <laughs> <laughs> and LeBron says, what? He is not. And LeBron says, I disagree. And uh, <laughs> give me that clipboard. Guess, <laughs> give me that clipboard exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We'll have more big show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 the zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about our friends at Homie. Homie, finally the way real estate should be. Full service, local agents, and you will save thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. A sell, sell, sale. Sale. <laughs> sell. Sell. It's spelled S-A-L-E on the Whoops. Read. We've been having, we've been struggling. Sell, sale, sale. <laughs> Ron Burgundy reporting here. You're right, that is on me. I should be better at catching those. No, that does but trip you up. We've and by the way, it's not Homie didn't write that. Okay. And I didn't write it. The sales rep that represents Homie here in our lovely group wrote it. So. Homie knows the difference you between give it, you sale, give, sale, and sell. Do you want to give a name? <laughs> sure. Uh, call the wonderful talents of... Uh, oh, it doesn't say who. Oh. Yeah. 
So anyway, homie.com. There. Sale. Bill. For sale. <laughs> Take care of me. When you want to sell, they'll put your home up for sale. Yeah. Uh, yes. Speaking and Hanson Scotty will be there tomorrow. Speaking of words being put in your mouth or not put, uh, Damian Lillard says, quote, words being put in my mouth and I haven't said anything about trades and trade rumors. That's going to be interesting to watch. And I think because so many people here remember uh, Lillard from his days playing at Weber State that uh, they're interested in seeing how that turns out. Well, I don't think Portland's going to be in a, in a hurry to get rid of him. So if, if he's being uh, honest there and he hasn't said anything about a trade and it's just, you know, business as usual, well, I don't think he's going anywhere then. I think the only way Portland moves on from Damian Lillard is if it's at his request. I mean, wouldn't you be foolish to voluntarily trade a player of that caliber? Yeah, you would think so. What about McCollum, though? See, now here's the thing. Portland is stuck. And if Damian Lillard did have a gripe, this would be it. Their current roster is maxed out, and it's probably been maxed out for a couple of years now. And they've tried to go with internal improvement and haven't really done anything dramatic. And now might be the time to try and flip a major piece to improve the roster around Damian Lillard. I'm sure that would be Portland's... What what Portland would want to do. So I, I would guess that... You know, they'll try to move on from C.J. McCollum, try to flip that into a couple of pieces that makes the team at least different with the potential of being better. Well, it's not like the Blazers haven't tried to improve. I mean, they've made some moves that uh, didn't really edge them any closer to the goal, but uh, I guess they can be held accountable for that. Well, and, you know, their their move they made uh, at the at the deadline uh, this year, and why am I why am – I, Blinken. They got him from Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Powell. I, yeah. Norman Powell. I I thought that was going to yeah, be a, a great lot, move for them. A lot them. of people did. Right. But it, it didn't turn out to have the impact uh, that, that a lot of us thought. But here's the thing. There's a lot of... I could see why there's a temptation to move on from McCollum just because there's a lot of duplication there with Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're a very dynamic backcourt, and I think they've been great together. Don't get me wrong. But if you could take his value and flip that into a player that's a little less of a duplication and a little more complimentary. You, you know, they're both scoring guards who have no interest in playing defense. <laughs> That's a little bit of a problem, yeah. So, you know, do you find, you know, a more complete wing-type player who's willing to guard the other team's best player, but maybe you sacrifice some scoring? I don't know. I mean, maybe you go all in on the five-out thing and you move on from Nurkic. Yeah. They've, they've got to take some value, whatever they have, and, and flip it into something else. And I wouldn't trade Damian Lillard unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. 100%. Speaking of odds and ends, let me run something else by you. Get your thoughts on this, uh, Jake, because this, this is a sad story, this Trevor Bauer story, the Dodger pitcher who got himself in trouble for the sexual assault and all that sort of thing. But his uh, his uh, what you, his uh, administrative leave has been extended now by Major League Baseball, as it should be. And I I don't I I understand what you brought up when we first talked about this when the news first broke about due process and all that sort of thing. But there's no way this guy should be playing baseball right now. 
What's Mr. Baseball say about that, Austin? I know you have strong feelings about these things. What do you make of the Trevor Bauer situation? Uh, I don't like that I feel this way because, uh, I, you know, but I do believe in innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a slippery, dangerous slope. I'm not saying it's made up. I'm just saying to you could accuse anybody of anything and then pull them out of a game out of what what if this then started becoming weaponized by opponents mm-hmm. where they just make something up so you pull the guy turns out it wasn't true but then he misses a, a start i don't know i think that you need your day in court i think you need your day in public court the dodgers are i think trying to dance between that line of giving this guy the benefit of the doubt while also looking at the mounting evidence against him and trying to uh, keep their pr wheel turning but I do believe you're innocent until proven guilty. Should he be able to play? Should you be able to write for the Trib if someone accuses you of this? I think you should. So, so I you think, think he should, should be allowed be on to the play. Field. See, the, that's why these these situations are are so unbelievably difficult. Because and I know everybody goes to this example, but didn't they disband the entire Duke lacrosse team? I mean, yep. they stopped playing and forfeited all of their games and kicked everybody out of school. I mean, they, didn't they do that? And that turned out to be a complete false uh, you know, accusation. But then you go to the other side of the argument where you don't want to silence people because you you right. ignore them or automatically think they're wrong. I mean, it, it's, it's so delicate. If I were Trevor Bauer, I wouldn't want to play because I'd be wanting to spend my time keeping my backside out of prison and not pitching. But should that be a decision he makes or should that be a decision the Major League Baseball makes we, we don't even know if he's going to face criminal charges, do we? That hasn't been determined yet. It hasn't. No, there's been, uh, what, a uh, protection order, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, from the past. And reporting, yeah. which I don't know who did the initial reporting here, but, you know, sometimes reporting isn't the most accurate thing in the world. So, Like I said, I don't like that that's the way I feel, but I think that uh, if, this, if he were my brother, if he were my neighbor, if he were me, I'd hope that I'd get to uh, continue my job. Until I'm proven guilty. I hope I'm not just, oh, someone accused you. Now we got to remove you from society and then find out I was innocent. Bauer's agents have said that the encounters were, quote-unquote, wholly consensual. But uh, you're right. That's a good—the way you said it, Jake, it's frustrating. Yeah. Because you just don't— you don't know the full story until you know it. And and the the situation is so unbelievably serious— Right, the 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 allegation is so unbelievably serious that it it gets it gets so tricky. I I don't know. And He's, by unbelievably, you mean not that you don't believe it or or cast doubt on it, just that it's so gross. No, yeah, if he's guilty of it, it's such a, a horrible crime that you, know, you can't the, believe someone would do that. Mm, yeah, right. It's not he shoplifted a twelve pack of beer. It's one of the. The big ones, the felonies, yeah. the the F word, felony. As you said, prison. Yeah, prison stuff. So, I mean, that's that's what's so difficult. And then, you know, society's um, struggles in prosecuting those crimes is a is a is a problem. You yeah. know, on the macro. So, in sports, of course, it gets all the spotlight, and so it just makes these it just makes these situations so unbelievably it's, difficult to yeah, navigate. And difficult is the word. And when you think about the other side of it, if you if you did have a relative or a loved one or a friend who uh, who 
had uh, experienced something like this and everyone was saying, oh, it's not true. It was consensual. How, you know, how frustrating would that be yeah. on that side of it? The Dodgers, like you were talking about earlier, are, are, have, they removed a planned bobblehead promotion honoring Bauer from the calendar. And the team has uh, also pulled all Bauer merchandise. Hmm. So... Uh, just we'll see how that turns out. The yeah. NFL is about to be up against something very similar with uh, with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Is he going to be allowed to play or not? Yeah, life ain't simple. No, it is not. All right, stay tuned. It is the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about the Top 1660. It's back on The Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hanson Scotty announced another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we catch down. To the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only here on the Zone Sports Network. It's time for Austin's List. Our producer Austin Horton has an enemies list someplace you don't want to find your name, but we put people on it all the time. <laughs> Who's going on there today, Austin? A TikTok is going on there today. Okay. What happened? And uh, more specifically, William Kraft's profile on TikTok. Let me ask you guys this. What's a weird snack you like? Like my mother-in-law will eat popcorn in milk, and I just find that so disgusting. But, and we give her trouble for it all the time, but she likes it. That's one of a weird snack she she likes. Do you guys have a go-to snack that I might go, oh, that's a little weird? Well, one that I discovered recently was the, uh, the trail mix crackers. And one of our uh, listeners said that he thought I was lying. But, no, that's a thing, and it tastes good. The other would be carrots with peanut butter. Oh, I've never heard of that. With peanut butter yeah. on the carrot? Uh-huh. I've heard of the celery with peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, yeah, carrot. Huh. Yeah. I'm not yeah, much of a I'm not much of a snacker honestly, but I really like frozen vegetables, which people think that's frozen. Like stay as frozen? Like as frozen, like frozen peas and frozen that sort of thing. <laughs> frozen what do you mean? Vegetables. You just eat it? <laughs> yeah, frozen. Well, also like really spoon? like I also really like frozen <laughs> grapes. I've heard Whitney yeah. likes frozen yeah, grapes. Yeah. Frozen that. grapes are great. But, but you'll just open a vegetable medley yeah, from yeah. the freeze, freezer? <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> right. But especially frozen <laughs> peas are really good. That is, that is and something. You, and you just, just, just what? Well, I usually put it in. A, I told you I'm not much of a snacker, so usually that goes into like pasta or something like okay. that. But yeah. So, oh, so that see, here's some. Snack. These are off the beaten path, but they're not like way out there ideas that we've, the, the three we've put out there. Huh. Well, here's what William Kraft has decided to do. Take a listen. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Yummy or Yucky, where we test food TikTok trends to see if they actually worth trying. Today we're making this snickle. This is going to be an interesting one. First off, take the biggest pickle you can find, cut it in half, and then hollow out each side. After that, you want to go ahead and try to fit your Snickers inside, which mine did not. Uh, this is already a yucky just because it doesn't even fit. But uh, it didn't taste as bad as I thought it would. It's about a 5 out of 10. A snickle? A snickle? Where are you... Cut open a pickle, uh-huh. put a Snickers between the two sides of the pickle, and then eat them together. And it's become <laughs> such a thing that now people are demanding that this be showing up on menus at, like, movie theaters and, and things like that. Mm. Like, don't just sell a Snickers and a pickle. Sell me a Snickle. 
I can't think of a more disgusting combination at the movie theater con uh, concession stand. Anything inside that pickle would be disgusting. The pickle should stand on its own. If you like pickles, fine. And another thing. <laughs> why are we allowing people to just gnaw on pickles at the movies? That is gross. That me, is disgusting. Let me That's, ask I'm you not going to roll. Why don't they sell uh, microwaved trout at the movie stand? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, you, you mentioned something, uh, putting something inside the pickle. I, you what about like using the hollowed out pickle as like a hot dog bun? Now, that's different See, because yeah. that, that sounds all right, that right? Because that's right. people like, some people like. I uh, like pickles, pickles on my hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I had a, a brat uh, last night. Those go together, but you don't want what doesn't go together. Lucky Charms with pickle juice, yeah. right? That's what this snicker, snicker type thing I is. I agree. I agree. That sounds weird and disgusting. And, and, and if you're going to do that, then. <laughs> Why then buy a Snickers and buy a pickle and take a bite out of one and a bite out of the other? And but do you it. don't have that made it custom made for you. Yeah, and have the de uh, you know public decency to do it in a dark room away from us. <laughs> and don't tell us that you do that. So, William Kraft, you're on the list. Do you like pickles, by the way? I actually have a slight allergy oh. to cucumber. So pickle doesn't Wait, really go for me. Didn't wow. we know that? Didn't we look yeah, it up and that it's this. extraordinarily yeah. rare? That it is. Yeah. It's like one in a zillion and not, you're the one. But it's not going to like kill me or anything. Uh. It's more that I do not care for pickle taste. Do but you start everyone, sneezing but if, or something? Or no, it like makes my throat itchy and oh, stuff, okay. my gums. Right. But if you tell someone, oh, no pickle for me, I don't care for them. Oh, you just haven't had the right pickle. Yeah. So then I just say, no, I'm, I have an allergy, please. Do, do yeah. they say that, uh, you, I know you believe you don't like pickles. but That's you... what everyone, yeah, mm. yep. <laughs> I believe that you believe that you're allergic <laughs> to pickles. You're a casual pickle eater. <laughs> But that's, that's another annoying a pet peeve of mine. If I don't want something, don't say to me, oh, you just haven't tried it. Yeah. Or yeah. if I don't like boring basketball, don't say, you're just not watching. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You're just not sophisticated. You guys are casual fan. I have Cash. really learned a lesson. No, I you will, have not. Yes, I have. I will never do that again <laughs> unless you insult the Beatles again. <laughs> you cash rock fans out there. You give me a big old pickle, man. I'll, I like it. <laughs> you know, the big, you know, what, what are those called? Pickles. <laughs> Is that a dill? What's that called? <laughs> Tell you what. I'm out. I'm done, too. All right. More Big Show coming up straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Man, you, you know, Gordon, I know we didn't uh, have a show Monday, but I'll tell you what, short weeks fly by. They do. They do. And the show's always fun to do. And it's fun to uh, to go back and forth and to ponder what our listeners are, are thinking about all these different issues and things that are going on right now. And uh, foremost among them, uh, the NBA Finals. And uh, we'll see how the game turns out tonight. Game two. Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton, the movie zone is coming up next. Uh, we often like to get the preview of the poll question. What is today's, Austin? Uh, today's poll question is an actor, actress that you used to dislike, and now you've changed your mind. You like him. Okay, I, I, I know it's you guys, both of you, Russell Crowe, right? No, no I've I never liked Russell Crowe. No, no, I liked Russell Crowe at the beginning. Now I don't. <laughs> no, I really did. Way. L.A. Confidential <laughs> was an incredible movie. That's where the first movie I saw him in. Amazing. And then there's now. 
So uh, an actor you didn't like, that who you now me. like. My answer, I think, is Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I always kind of liked Tom. I See, I, I didn't thinking, like... I was thinking Tom Cruise. You didn't like comedy Tom I Hanks? didn't like Turner and Hooch Tom Hanks one bit. Money Pit? No. Why? I don't know. He went from being a comic, essentially, to being a very serious actor. Yeah. So I liked, you know, Forrest Gump and Castaway. You and didn't Saving like Private Splash? Ryan, but, uh, uh, you know, I saw Splash, but I don't know if I have an opinion on it. It's been so long. <laughs> Big? Big was okay. Okay. The other one I kind of thought of was Leo DiCaprio. Gordon, is your answer uh, Greta Garbo? <laughs> I just don't. Uh, you know, uh, one of my answers might be Kirk Douglas. That's before anybody. The Poseidon uh, Adventure? Anybody who's listening to this show right now doesn't even remember Kirk Douglas. You know, he lived to be like 103 years old. Michael Douglas' is dad. Yeah, I know. I know. He did the original Ben Hur, didn't he? No, he did uh, Spartacus. Spartacus. Oh, Spartacus! Yeah, yeah. Ben Hur was Charlton. Yeah, he passed now. away only like several months ago. He was 103 my whole life. <laughs> All right, so the movie zone with Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton coming up next. G- give Stay us a hint. Uh, who you think? Uh, well, Black Widow comes out tonight. Uh huh. And it stars one woman who I used to really dislike, and now I'll see anything she's in. She's oh, that wow. good. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. That's coming up next, Gordo. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, Jake. Thanks. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.